You're listening to Blossoming Technologist, a podcast for young professionals in tech, discovering skills, careers, and tips for being in the tech industry. I'm your host, Marissa, and today we're joined by Goulet Sheikh, a former CTO who has been bridging the gap between healthcare and technology for over 12 years. In her experience as CTO of Easy Scripts, she developed the first proprietary algorithm for medication price transparency in the United States. Goulet is passionate about health IT innovations and solving healthcare problems. Today, we're going to discuss innovations in healthcare, how technology can help the healthcare industry, and how to get started in healthcare tech if you're interested. Goulet, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. As always, for people who have maybe listened to the podcast a bunch, my first question is always, what first got you interested in the tech industry? So it was not planned or anything at all. I was an art student in high school. I went was going to magnet school, and I kind of thought maybe my path would end up in the art space somehow. And at that time, I had just gotten my first laptop. It was the last year of high school. And I became interested in just just how easy it was to work around it and, and working on Windows platform. So I, with the encouragement of my dad, went into computer science then instead of going into art. And yeah, and then next thing you know, before I even graduated, I was getting job offers prior to Y2K. And I just haven't ever looked back. Awesome. Wow. And then from that point forward, can you kind of walk me through some of the different positions you've held, maybe your time as CTO, just to give people a rundown of how you got to where you are, and then we'll jump into more of the health questions. Yeah. So when I first started my career, I was a programmer, and so I was working on a lot of different projects. I worked for Ross Perot's company called EDS at the time. They're no longer in existence. But at that time, when I started there, I was working on several different accounts in finance and mobile and and just other companies. And I then moved into project management and program management. It was very early stages and and started getting more involved in planning implementations and strategizing around how that would work and started working with a lot of large companies. And then I moved into more strategic roles as I moved up in my career in about, I think it was 2007 I or 2009, around that time frame, I was hired by a smaller company that was doing healthcare innovation work in with hospital systems. And what they were specifically getting into the space was kiosks. So implementing kiosks at different hospitals. And that was one of my roles that I got into that really shaped the rest of my perception of healthcare and where the industry is headed. And yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. Awesome. Wow. I always love hearing people's journeys and how they get into tech, how they make their way to where they are now. So I want to dig into health innovation and how technology can be used in healthcare. So how have you personally, in your experience, used technology to drive innovation in the healthcare industry? Yeah, I think it's more innovation is is everywhere, right? So innovation could be something that is mind-blowing, like when the iPhone first came out or smart devices first came out. That was seen as innovation. But innovation can even be something as simple as simplifying 
processes that are not working in hospitals that are dragging down the providers that are working in the systems that is dragging down the systems that is complicated that requires a lot of data entry so innovation can be seen in in so many different ways i think it's more when i look at innovation i look at it as what is the roadblock that we are seeing right now and how can this process be improved and in some cases it is a new it could be a new technology and i think technology is a tool but really it is the people coming together collaborating and understanding why this problem is a problem what the cost of that problem is to the industry and what the cost of the problem is to the patient and then also not to forget to mention what is the cost to the providers because the providers are the ones that are on the hook for taking care of the population but they're also they are worn out and they're overworked and we need to make sure that we are also supporting them in making things easier for them as well so that's what i see as innovation i just see technology as a tool to get there yeah that makes sense i guess has that changed over the last few years with how how much technology has changed yeah technology has evolved tremendously so i think the biggest thing right now is there's a lot of focus on data and the accuracy of the data and how can we take this tr- data make it more transparent and understand it so that we can make better decisions based on whatever the situation is. So let's say I like speaking about population health, for example, like we have population health data that is publicly available, but it's still, there's still a lot of missing components to it. So understanding racial disparities as part of that or income disparities for that, for those populations data that we have. So how can we improve that? How do we further engagement with those populations that are not receiving the care that they need and then getting the right data in the hands of the providers so that they can make better decisions. So I think there's just a lot more focus. This is one example of where data plays a significant role in bettering solutions and bettering outcomes for patients. Yeah, it feels like data is everything in healthcare, if you think about it, every time you go to a PCP, a primary care physician, there's so much data they collect. When you go to the hospital, so much data. And I think, I mean, I've done a little bit of work in the health industry in terms of tech, and it's just incredible how much information there is out there. And then you get these issues of like, how do we store that data? How do we use that data in a good way? It's so interesting to me to see like how we can actually innovate in that space. I love it. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is that there is a lot of data available, but then how do we cross reference which data is relevant for the decisions that need to be made? I think that is where we are now moving towards in making better decisions is utilizing technology to understand how can you visualize the data that well, like, well, okay, let me take a step back. How can you take the data that you have that is most relevant and then create visualization so that when providers see this or when decision makers see this, they can make better decisions for the long-term benefit of all parties involved? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So in your experience from working in the healthcare industry, what are some gaps that you've seen with our current healthcare systems that could be fixed with technology? Oh, I think there are a finite amount of gaps that I see. I think looking at the industry overall, it really it really just depends on what you're looking at and what the goals are, you know. So let's let's take a very random 
I don't, I don't know. Like I'll just, I'll just pick on something that is very top of mind right now. So at least for me is under 30 day hospitalization. So it's a big problem in the United States that under 30 day readmissions occur with high risk patients because either they were discharged with the patient not understanding what their care plan was or some data got missed. But that is an area that is trying to be much more well understood because there's a lot of money that gets lost for the health systems in that process. But also the patients are not getting better, right? So they need also interventions or a bit more support and not ending up back in the hospital. In some cases, they just have to. So you can't eliminate all of that. So understanding what is happening, what those conversations are, in some cases, it may be engagement issues, it may be education and information, it may be even transparency across care providers, there may be like a spouse or a partner or children that could play a role in a parent's health care that is not occurring and patients is taking their discharge papers and, and leaving and then not doing anything with it. So how can technology play a role in that? Well, you can capture the data, smart devices, check in with the patients and them alerts on their phone, check in with them through email, get updates from them on a regular basis. That's where technology can play a role in understanding what is happening with the patient on, an, on a regular basis. If it's a high-risk patient, that patient may need higher engagement in the initial days of discharge. So keeping up with them, making sure that they picked up their medications, that they understand what their care plan is, whether they need to change certain habits in their and how they are taking care of themselves, if there's other people that need to be informed or that can be in their support team. Technology can play a role in that. And then I also want to bring up AI is there's a lot of focus on AI in the industry too. Capturing that data can then also help us understand like when we want to implement certain interventions with a person and when they may turn high risk as well. That's another capability of what AI is now looking at as well. Yeah. It's like you like skip to my next question almost because I was going to ask you about artificial intelligence. Yeah. Both of those examples are awesome. I would love to ask more about AI. So like besides that example, how else is AI playing a role in tech? Because I know a lot of people are a little hesitant about it, especially if they're not as familiar with technology. What is that role that AI plays and how safe is it or how how good is it at doing that stuff? Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about AI in general. And I think the biggest misconception I come across is that the machine will just know the answers to the problem once you just insert it, like you just throw in a couple code, the machine will know what to do. And then now all of, all of your problems are basically solved with AI. It doesn't work that way. AI is a tool that needs to be validated by human intervention as well. So the experts in the field take the data and they validate outcomes based on what the algorithm is giving out. So you, there is a process and there's a timeline and there's amount of data that is required to go through. And then as that gets better and better with the intervention of the providers involved, then the machine learning and the AI algorithms come out and they produce better results. But it takes time, it takes a lot of data, and it takes a lot of collaboration by all parties involved and also requires a lot of transparency. So that's one thing that I want to 
definitely address is that AI is not the solution or the end all be all immediately. It is a tool that assists you in making better decisions down the road and alert you when you can't have your eyes on the problem at all times. So let's say, for example, you have a, let's say you have a low risk patient, right? High risk patients, we kind of know what the indicators are. Their blood levels are a certain level. Their heart rate is a certain level. They're on certain medications. So that can, that's a bit of an easier, you put them in a high risk profile and you can monitor them. What about the low risk folks that turn into high risk folks and there is no way to see that? Well, you can take you can take your data gathered and you can monitor the low risk folks as well. And then with time, as things change and the information updates, I mean, people don't go from low risk to high risk overnight. It's gradual. So you can take this information and over time, see what the impact and the changes are in a person's chart, compare it to other population health data that is reflected with that person. And then you can put in indicators for patients based on certain outcomes, like whether it's blood or, or certain things that come up in their charts, put a indicator that once these metrics are passed, then this person turns into a medium risk or high risk patient. And that's where I think like the future will be is understanding all the risk scores and understanding all the pertinent data that's involved in turning a low risk patient into a high risk patient. Wow. That is such a good example, first of all, but also thinking about how that can be used because humans don't have that capability to do as much of the prediction that AI can do. So it is cool to think about like, where will we be in 20 years or so when technology continues to evolve and continues like to get better with AI, for example, which I feel like in terms of tech is still fairly new. Like AI is hasn't been around as long as regular computers and stuff. So that's really interesting to see that. Do you see any like drawbacks to using AI that people maybe are concerned about? I think the drawback is relying on the technology too much versus Mm -hmm. validating the outcome that you're looking to get. So I think that is the major learning curve I think we need to get past where we know that the providers and the experts that are involved in validating the information are constantly collaborating to validate the outcomes that they want to see versus thinking that the machines are just going to know the answer. So it just, it just takes a lot of data, as I mentioned earlier, is it takes a lot of data to get to the right outcome and the right solution and knowing that. And I think the other drawback is there is bias that we bring in as humans. So as a human, my perception is a narrow perception based on my experiences, based on my knowledge, based on my understanding of a problem. And another area that I may not realize is as my bias comes in, I'm as a single person, I may be introducing a bias because I don't understand how to ask the question. And that's why we need to have diversity of people involved in collaboration and bringing in the opinions and collaborating on the information that is put in. So for example, let me just say like, okay, I'm thinking of a problem and I want a solution. So let's say I want to understand who my highest cost patients are. Well, I'm a single person. And when I'm going and looking at this, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to pull the highest 
costing patients in a hospital system. And then based on those demographics, now start targeting those high cost patients and understanding what's going on there. Well, I'm a single person. If I'm a single person thinking of this, I may not have thought through the data that I have available to me are, is the data based on the people that are showing up. So the people that are not showing up may be high cost, but they're not showing up because either they don't have access to the hospital, they don't have access to insurance, they don't have something's happening at home, they can't get to the hospital in time, whatever the situation is, that's a missed opportunity right there. So, and, and that is something that is a real issue right now. And so that's when I say that there is a, there could be a bias that's implemented. That could be that bias is not having all factors or like all areas of the questions being asked. And for that reason, we need to have several different people involved in collaborating in what the right question even is, and then validating the outcome if they're actually getting the right answers through the AI algorithms. Yeah. It's interesting how there is a human bias and then there's also the like AI bias because humans build that AI and based on how we build it, what information we put in, that's how it will generate information. So it's interesting that you kind of have both sides of that where there can always be a bias. And so it's on the healthcare providers, but also on the technologists who build the AI to make sure that we're thinking about all those scenarios, all those different people and everything that really should be considered to make such a decision. Exactly. Yeah. So because this is a podcast for young professionals in tech, I want to get into what the healthcare industry is really like for technologists and how to become a part of it if you're interested in healthcare. So I'm curious, what is actually in scope of like healthcare technology? Like what, what kinds of roles exist for technologists? How can people be a part of that field? I think it's any, so the roles that are, in, that are available are across a spectrum of basically any kind of role when it comes to technology. So it depends on what you're interested in, I would say. And, and sometimes it's just a fluke. Like if you are, if you are passionate about healthcare and you're passionate about technology, I would say for young professionals, just get involved and dig yourself in deep as much as you can into the technology, understand every aspect of it, and then understand what are the problems that are occurring in healthcare. And just get, I mean, just get involved. Like it it doesn't matter where you get involved. Initially, you have to learn the ropes, but get involved and ideally get involved in areas that interest you the most. But if that's not an option, just find open doors and understand what problems are, are need to be solved in those spaces and learn everything you can. It takes time and technology is accelerating at a faster speed than ever before. So anywhere you get involved in would be great. And then for, I mean, at least for me, my, in my experience, I got involved in different aspects and in many cases in boring areas. Like when I first started my career, I was in finance and I was doing, I was on the networking side and networking is to me, the most boring aspect of technology ever. You don't have any real human interaction. You're not really solving any problems. You're just on the back and understanding what's going on when the networks are up and down and what's impacting it and security and fixing security issues and operations and all that. And, but I just, I immersed myself in it and I learned everything I could about it. And then eventually as opportunities opened up, I got more involved and jumped into opportunities that I found interesting. And then that's just, it was just a gradual 
acceleration of my career where I got involved. And then when I started my business, it was one of those, this is such a great opportunity. I can't believe no one solved this problem yet. Let me get in there in that space. And ended up being one of the first people that got involved in that space and immerse again, immerse myself in every aspect of it. So I think it just depends on where you're interested in get involved and immerse yourself as much as you can. Yeah. I really appreciate that advice because I think it is almost overwhelming when you're a technologist, like I'm a software developer. And so coming into it, you're like, oh goodness, like what kind of field do I even want to do software development in? And there's so many different things out there and you don't necessarily have to pick right away, but you can try to find stuff that you're curious about or things that you're interested in at the beginning and kind of go from there. So I, I love hearing your story and how you got there. I I actually watched one of the videos that you did a talk and I don't remember what it was for, but you gave a story about your dad and how the medical bills and how that kind of led to you making something to fix that. Could you actually share that story with us? Because I thought it was so powerful. I really loved it. Yeah, thank you. That was such a long time ago I did that. And so and that I think that speech was from a it was an investor forum where I was presenting the solution. And I think so the main so that what the story was, so my dad when I was younger and I'm I'm Canadian by the way, so I'm giving that as a premise so you can understand my story, but my dad when I was about 15 was in a major actually I think I was a bit younger than that. I was 13. He was in a major car accident. And he was hospitalized. And so he lost his job because of that, because he was having, he had a concussion and then he was on a lot of medications and those medications were interfering with, some of them were interfering with each other. He couldn't work basically. And then when I was around 15, then he had heart issues and he was a smoker. And so then he stopped smoking, but he had, he needed, he needed to have a triple bypass. Again, he couldn't work. And so my mom was his full-time caretaker. I was 15. I had two younger brothers and I was in high school and we made it through. But the thing was that healthcare in Canada is covered. It's covered end to end in terms of you don't have to worry about your hospital bills. I mean, yes, you're still going to have to worry about your finances and paying for your home or your rent, but your hospital bills are not something that is going to be sitting on you, causing you to file for bankruptcy. When I moved to the U.S., I learned that, and especially when I was building my company, I learned that a lot of people had to make a decision on whether they could take their prescriptions or pay for their pay for food on the table for their children or pay rent. Like that was a decision that people had to make. So I'm thinking about my circumstances and my situation where I did not have that as a problem. We had problems. We were very poor. And we still had financial issues, but I still went to the same school as someone who was wealthy, went to school. I didn't have that burden on me. So here I became very passionate about helping people get their medications. And that's what part of what Easy Scripts was, was despite your financial situation, you should be able to take your medication. And despite your financial situation, you have the right to an education. So those are two things that I'm very passionate about in general. And that's basically what drove me to get through that solution with easy scripts. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for telling that story again. I love it so much. And 
I know when you when you did the presentation too at the beginning, you didn't reveal that it was your dad, and then at the end, you said like I'm his daughter. I'm like, oh my goodness, I had to watch it again. It was so good. Yeah, amazing story, and it really shows how when something happens in your life, you can be, become passionate about that and use your skills to really make a solution to help others. And I think that's where like healthcare really feels like such an impactful industry to use your tech skills. So if anyone wants to make a very big impact on people's lives, like healthcare is such a good place to do that. I would say my other advice to younger folks is find out your why. Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to get involved in the space? And I got involved in technology as a whole because it was stability it was having a good career. I didn't see that in my family. So I wanted to have something that was stable. But as I started moving through my career and I had a stable job, at one point I got to a point where I thought, well, why am I really doing this? Like, why am I really working so hard in this space? And that's what led me into the healthcare space specifically, because I feel I am making a difference for every person involved in that space versus another industry. And I'm not knocking any other industry at all. We need every single industry under the sun that we have, but it's what is driving you and your passion to solve a problem. And especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, like that is very, very essential to understand is why do you want to solve this problem? What difference is it going to make? And are you going to see it through when the light doesn't look so bright at the end of the tunnel, when it's completely dark and scary, and you don't know if you're going to get to the other side, would you still want to do this? Yeah. So important, like finding your why. I'm, I'm such a big fan of Simon Sinek, who like, like pegged that term on a TED Talk. So yeah. good. With healthcare tech, is there anything that you find particularly intriguing about the industry? I know we just kind of talked about all of that, but like what, what really makes it special for you? I find all aspects of healthcare very interesting. There are so many areas that can be improved. And also, I guess the thing that I'm very excited about right now in healthcare is that now patients are becoming their own advocates and they're, they understand a lot more than, let's say, 10 years ago, I think, or even 20 years ago or a couple of decades ago, where it was you didn't have access to your charts as much, you didn't have access to the internet or asking the right questions. Now we can take data, understand it better. We can cross-reference. We can go and speak to and get second or third advice from different specialists. And, and then now also having people in your care team or having like support teams available to you and moving forward. We have devices like smartwatches and phones and different apps to track your health on a regular basis. So I think it's just a very exciting time in terms of us collecting our own information and understanding it and cross-referencing why certain things are happening. Sleep, for example, like sleep is a big issue in the industry and people don't realize like if you don't get adequate sleep, it can interfere with your mood and how you feel and your productivity. And so even about every aspect of it. Yeah, it really is something that's so essential to all of us. Like our health is literally the most important thing, I'd argue. So it's really cool to hear all those different things you can get involved in, all those different technologies that we can use to improve things. I, I think it's so amazing. 
So if there's other people who are listening and they're like, oh, like I'm in tech, but like how do I get into healthcare? Do you have any advice for resources or steps they can take to find like healthcare companies to work for or ways to use their tech powers in health? Definitely read up on latest and greatest news on what's going on in healthcare in general. One of the things that for me was eye-opening was regulatory changes that occur on a regular basis in the U.S. and government influence changes. So understanding what that looks like, what the laws are, and then keep on track with startups. Like the, this is what makes the United States really great in terms of healthcare is there is a lot of aptitude and opportunity for startups to grow and innovate. And there are a lot of startups in the space. So look up what startups are doing and what are the greatest and latest innovations they're coming up with and start watching them and reach out to them and speak to them and maybe intern for one or, or apply for a job with them because that's the fastest way I think to learn about healthcare is getting involved in the startup space. Yeah, super cool. I know tons of health startups because I always see them popping up and everything. So definitely a great place to go to try to find like how you get involved. Yeah. So yeah, to, to wrap us up, I always end with the same question, which is what is one skill that you're currently working on? I don't know if there's just, I don't know if there's like a, hmm, I would say it's more ongoing personal development. I'm always trying to read more and understand more of what is happening in the space. It's not necessarily like a skill, like I'm not learning to play the guitar right now or anything like that. (laughs) It's more, I'm learning about the latest innovations and reading up a lot more. I picked up Good to Great. It's a book that's been on my list of books to read for a very long time. So trying to understand what makes good companies great. So that's, I don't know if that's a skill, but it's more of learning about what everyone, what the greatest people are doing to become better. Yeah. I have that on my reading list too. So maybe we need to like talk about the book, (laughs) (laughs) keep each other accountable for reading it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So thank you so much, Goulet, for being on the show. I really appreciated hearing your perspective and your story and just telling people how to get into healthcare tech. For any resources that we mentioned or ways to connect with Goulet, for anyone listening, check out the show notes. We'll have everything there. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time where we'll continue blossoming together. 